Amen. Would you do it one more time? Would you praise him one more time if the Lord's been good to you? God, we glorify you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. We are going to keep the classes in tonight. And I, <clears throat> in one split second, came the most, became the most popular person on earth to all of our children by keeping them in. I know they will understand. And I appreciate you understanding. And let me say, I, I did not get to say this Sunday night. Um, but it was not my intention to miss last Thursday. I got a text from my district superintendent. Um, Wednesday morning asking um, if I would come up during camp meeting and pray for the sick and I said well I'll have to let you know about Thursday night and I'll get back with you as soon as I know something and he texted back real quick he said well I'm I'm counting on you both nights or all three nights. So um, I was not going to argue with that and certainly didn't have time to explain to the church, but it was my intention to go up there Wednesday night, come back Thursday, be here for Thursday service, and then go back up Friday. But um, <clears throat> I am not trying to shirk my responsibility here, and I'm not trying to stay away, but I appreciate you understanding most of you have seen like you kind of understand some of you seem kind of glad uh, I don't I don't know if there's another option out there but um, thank you so much for understanding this very busy time and thank you for connecting Sunday night with what was going on here um, man it was just tight um, so tight in this place and the harder he preached um, the tighter it got and the more monitors he was asking for because the harder he preached his voice was leaving him and nothing was working of course monitors weren't going to fix it he's just trying to hear himself but um, anyway I don't know how many of you saw Brother Shelton on Tuesday night speaking to the sanctuary in Houston. How many of you saw that? Okay. There's a couple of you. So um, I went back up to Dayton Tuesday night and that, that tightness that was there Sunday morning was not there. It was, it was not quite where we wanted it to be, but it was not there. And the pastor's family was out of town. And we, we did get there pretty quick. didn't take much to get there. And so I firmly believe that, that whatever was going on Sunday there and here is broken. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for your prayer. Thank you so much for that. 
Tuesday night, Brother Shelton was talking because in, in reference to that, he actually called me right before I walked into that service Tuesday night. And he said, I want to tell you what the Lord just showed me. And the Lord had just kind of prompted him to go to our live stream and watch Brother Landon Gore preach. And he said he was watching about seven, eight, nine, ten minutes into the message. And he said, I was watching it on live stream. And then all of a sudden, I was sitting right here on the front left corner of your platform right in front of the pulpit. And he said, I'm watching Brother Gore preach, but he said in the spirit I was sitting right there. And he said about two feet in front of the platform come an old man. He rose up out of the floor and started clawing his way towards your pulpit. And he said he got he got up on that platform and got his hands on the pulpit. And he shouted at the pulpit, who do you think you are to challenge me? And so obviously I think you know the Lord was showing him the spirit that was pushing against this service. Um, it, was, it was pretty suffocating in Dayton last Sunday morning. But those are, those are indicators. We're not afraid of that we're not threatened by that but those are those are indicators uh, when the enemy starts resisting that hard that means we're on to something and so I said to you uh, Sunday night or in the last few services somehow that um, since 2013 the Lord I mean the enemy is is trying to come back around and see if there's a crack in the door somewhere to try to wheedle his way back in there and I didn't even realize it for just just a few minutes ago I, I hit my phone screen just to check the time and it said July 7th and I didn't even realize that today is the ninth anniversary of that ordination moment and it wasn't long after that and I can't help but think there's some timing involved there um, so we're winning and God's on the throne we have dominion <clears throat> if you're thankful for that would you just give the Lord praise come on won't you praise him Come on, let's lift up the name of the Lord tonight. He's worthy. Worthy. Yeah, he's worthy. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Amen. Man, you may be seated. So, Brother, Brother Landon Gore will be back Sunday, obviously. And uh, how many of you will help us get some people in here that need the Holy Ghost? It's a backslider. Raise your hand high. Don't be, don't be skittish about it. All right. That's a lot of hands. So, help us with that. We're not doing organized outreach Saturday, but we need you to reach out. 
<clears throat> and try to get a hold of somebody. I, I told Brother Gore, uh, this probably won't happen, but I, I told him, I said, man, just to make the devil mad, you, you might preach that message again. Cloudy with a chance of rain, R-E-I-G-N, and the enemy starts trying to resist uh, the rulership of Christ and God. But, uh, you know, we're not, we're, not, we're not locked into anything. I believe, I believe he's going to be obedient uh, to the Lord, and we're going to have some powerful services around here Sunday. Praise God. Uh, please do get your save your save our children in um, as soon as you can. We've we've really had some uh, tightening down on the giving. Um, it's it's not even really the tithes so much as it is the the offerings. And I realize that maybe you're you're seeing some smaller balances in your bank account than you were over the last um, four years. We went through four years of very prosperous times. It's easy to get used to that. Um, of course, um, we knew that it was going to be just the opposite a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago. Um, but the Lord's in charge. So at some point, all of this will break loose and gas prices will come down and all that. And you are proving to the Lord right now that through thick and thin, I will remain faithful and I will do what what I've said that I will do. I'll keep my vows. I'll let my yea be yea and my nay, nay. <clears throat> and I've not forgotten the faith promise. If the Lord would supply it. Now, I don't know. I think before our next faith promise, I'm going to do some instruction on really what a faith promise is. I mean, I got the faith God will give me a billion dollars. Okay. But, you know, there's... You, you got to use a little bit, just a little bit of uh, logic, and I know that's contradictory. But, but uh, some of you made some faith promises, and and don't forget that. And I, I think we're somewhere north of two hundred thousand in giving to missions, and I I thank you for that. We've got a few thousand in there right now, just letting it build back up. So uh, till we find our next project to support or send a larger check to people. Um, that we already support. So please remember your tithes and offering. Please just don't, don't be afraid of the, of the tightening down. The Lord, the Lord will release his blessings. How many of you believe that? Yeah. All right. I want to turn your attention tonight to Matthew chapter 18. And I want to talk to you tonight about the responsibility of the offended the responsibility of the of the offended um, this is really really important tonight because the subject and if some of you watch Tuesday night you'll hear some of that mixed in with this um, but I don't teach on this subject often and people carry things uh, throughout their life thank you brother bright People carry things throughout their life, and they are limiting the blessings of God. They are limiting the flow of God. They are limiting the, the inflow and outflow of, of the strength that comes from person-to-person relationships, and they don't even realize that they are limiting it um, by holding on to things that 
that should have been let go a long time ago. And so we're going we're gonna to go down through here. Uh, I, have, I have muddled through this all day long, and the entire chapter is one subject. Even though it's broken down into different segments, it's the same subject. So in verse 1, uh, if you just stay with me back there, can't tell who's back there. No, just, just stay with me here. In verse 1, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And that's, that's the real question, right? Is who's, who's beneath us? Who are we better than? Who do we get to look down on? Who do we get to criticize? Who do we get to ignore? Right? Because we've, we've got this lofty position. And if we're not there yet, Jesus, you just tell us how to get there. That way we can just rise above people that drive us crazy and we don't really have to deal with them because we're just up here in the clouds somewhere. What a stupid question. Who... Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And that, that, that may not have been so much of a contest question as to uh, just, you know, how, how do I get to that highest place of righteousness, you know, and, and, um, and have God's favor, have his blessings and so forth. And Jesus called, Jesus called a, little, a little child. Josie, come here. Come here for a minute, Josie. Come here. Yeah, you. You're the only Josie, baby. Come here. Come here. Isn't she cute? Let's give Josie a good hand. <laughs> to answer their question, he called a little child up. And he said, what, 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 what? Come on up. I did touch her on the back, so maybe she thought I was just uh, pushing her away. He brought a little child unto him, unto him, and say, it was a boy, but he set him in the midst and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children. Become as little children. I, I watched these girls up here, Layla and, and Mia and Josie. I watch them up here uh, worshiping all the time. They come up here with mom or dad or whatever, but I was watching uh, Josie this past Sunday night, and I don't think I don't think she knew where we were, but but she she looked like she did, and I was just watching. Are you okay? You're adorable. I was just watching her, and boy, she just had her hands going, and she was clapping her hands, and she was just going, and she was just singing away. I don't know what she was singing, but she was singing. Maybe she didn't know all the words, but she was just singing away. There was such there was such a purity about her worship. She was so into it. She was so animated about it. When we come in here to worship, we've, we've got grudges we're holding on to. We've got fatigue and financial problems we're worrying about, and we're worried about who's looking at us and who's talking about us and, and where we fit on the rung of the ladder and, and how we're climbing in the kingdom of God. But he said, there's a conversion that has to happen, and you have to go backwards to the purity of childhood. And the naivety of childhood, you have to learn to be obedient to people and those above you. And you, you have to be responsive and you, you, have to, you have to have fun and you have to enjoy life. And, and you just have to become as a little child. Thank you, sweetie. Would you give her another hand? You did good. Go ahead. Now she doesn't know. She said last time I got in trouble. 
And so he, he calls this little child up here and he said, Whosoever therefore shall be humble as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's not, that's not how we think, is it? You know, if we sing great, we must be great. If we preach great, if we're the greatest soul winner, if, we're, if we give the most in the church, if we're the largest tithe payer, if we dress the best, if we have the most friends. But he didn't say any of that. He said humility is the key to greatness. Now, that, that seems simplistic to us, humility, because, you know, well, we're humble. You know, we're pretty humble. Um, you know, we, we love our neighbor best we can and, and whatever. But, but real humility. Jesus, Jesus is about to dig into the heart of what real humility is. Next verse. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. Now the living Bible, you don't have to go there, but the Bible says whosoever receiveth this person that is converted and become childlike, he receiveth me. The person that allows the child of God to become childlike, to be naive, to be animated, to have fun, to enjoy, to be submitted, to respond to kingdom things and, and, and all of these. He said, you receive them, you will receive me. Next verse. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, one of these people in the kingdom of God that has become like a little child, whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me. Keep going. It were better for him that a millstone be hanged about his neck. I need you to, yeah, keep going. That he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Now, that's a pretty harsh statement. That's Jesus Christ, you know, the Savior, the one that rules by love, and he loves everybody, and he just you know, ignores everybody's sin and all that kind of stuff, you know, the Christ that the world has turned him into. But no, he said it'd be better for you. He said if you offend one of the people that has converted from sin and has gone back from this arrogant, prideful, greedy, selfish, debating, contentious, jealous, bitter lifestyle and has become as a little child, he said if you offend them, What's going to come from the judgments of God, it would be better for you that a millstone be hung about your neck and it be cast into the sea, into the depths of the sea. He's very serious about that. Next verse. Woe unto the world because of offenses. Okay, there's an exclamation point there. When the Bible says woe, that's a caution. That's a warning. That's You need to take notice. You need to look at this very carefully here. I'm cautioning you because of offenses. Offenses, the one who offends, offends God. It's a very serious thing with him. For it must, not, for it must needs be that offenses come. Offenses can come. Uh, where my wife is, can you turn these snowblowers off back there? They can't figure out if they want to stay on or, or go off. Um, woe unto him by whom the offense 
cometh. There's another exclamation point. What that means is, is that you and I have to be careful how we treat each other. We have to be careful about that. Now, I know, I know it just seems normal that people in the church are going to fuss and fight and complain and, and beat each other's throat and sit on the other side of the church and all the kind of... Let me tell you something. The moment, the moment that something happens between you and the body of Christ that you have to move... To, and I'm not saying anybody has. I don't know that anybody has. But if you ever have to move to the other side of the church, the, uh, bells and whistles ought to go off in your head to tell you that's your alarm clock right there to tell you, hey, it's time for me to fix something. If i got to sit on the other side of the church from somebody, I think we need to sit down and talk. Is that right? Not, not posting stuff about them, not, not gathering alliances in the church and not gathering your close friends and you're not going to believe what they did to me. No, no, no. In the spirit of meekness, you go to such a one and you talk it out. That's what brothers and sisters do. Is that right? Now, verse 8. Verse 8 says, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be uh, cast into everlasting fire. Bless you. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one, with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. One translation said, it's better for you to pluck one eye out and be saved than to go into hell with 20-20 vision. If you've got things in your own life that are offensive to your relationship with God, you can't just ignore them forever. You got to do something. You got a problem with the internet? Hey, it'd be better for you to cut the internet off. If you got a problem with social media, it's best for you to get off of social media. If it's keeping something bad in your spirit at all times, guess what? It's easy to just delete the app. It's real easy. But I won't have any more friends anymore. You're not going to have any more friends anyway. Sometimes you have to cut some things out of your life. Now I'm taking my time here for a little bit. Sometimes you've got to get serious about cutting some things out of your life. If video games are a problem, it's best for you to sell the console than to be lost because you've got no time to read your Bible, you've got no time to pray, and you have no relationships with anybody else because you're holed up in a basement somewhere uh, playing video games all the time. Yeah, but I'm playing video games and I'm hearing them in my ears and all that kind of stuff. Yes, with people that are more than likely cussing and using vulgarities and all that kind of stuff. Jesus is very serious about this. The beginning of the whole chapter was about humility. Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? How do I become greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It has nothing to do with singing. It has nothing to do with preaching. It has nothing to do with teaching Bible studies or winning souls. He said you're going to have to be converted and become as little children. You're going to have to be subject to those that have the authority over you, no matter how old you are. He didn't, he didn't relegate this to an age. He didn't say, except you become as little children uh, if you're 35 and under. 
This is to 70-year-olds and 80-year-olds and 90-year-olds and 100-year-olds and 65-year-olds. He said there is a certain kind of humility that you have to have in your life to please God. And if you're humble, if you're truly humble, you won't offend people. And if you get offended, you will forgive. Forgiving people are giving people. Forgiving people are giving people. You show me some of the biggest givers in the church, and I will show you people that refuse to hold a grudge. Because a giving spirit is a forgiving spirit, and vice versa. Sometimes when people start holding back on their giving, it concerns me and my wife, especially when people stop paying their tithes. And I'm going to just tell you right now, I've learned in 21 years of pastoring, August the 7th will be 21 years, I've learned in 21 years of pastoring, you cannot trust non-tithers. Why are y'all nervous about that? We don't have any non-tithers in here. And by the way, tithe is 10%, not 9% or 5%. It's 10%. And tithe is, is tithe. It's not an offering. It's not missions pledges. Tithe is tithe, and it's first. And if it's not first, everything else is cursed. Forgiving people are giving people. Non-forgiving people and non-giving people are greedy people. They're selfish people. They're arrogant people. They are prideful people. They are controlling people. They are manipulating people. They are sinful people. They are carnal people because you cannot be part of the kingdom of God without a humble giving spirit. If you're drawing lines between you and people in this church, you need to figure out who the problem is, them or you. And regardless of who the problem is, you need to take responsibility to fix it. I'm talking about the, res the responsibility of the offended tonight. The person that caused the offense is not always going to come and apologize. But you have a responsibility to not let their offense get in your spirit. And if you turn around and hold a grudge against somebody that offended you, now you are just as guilty as they are with God. If you'll praise God, I won't have to stay there and make a lot of people nervous. Now, if you feel like I'm talking directly to you, I, I am. I probably am. And, but if you think that I'm, you're the only one I'm talking to, you're not the only one that I'm talking to. Because before it's all said and done, you're going to see that a lot of us need prayer in here tonight. Verse 8 in my Acts. Verse 10. Take heed. Here's another warning. Take heed that you despise not these little ones, these people that converted from sin and humbled themselves and became as little children. They made themselves vulnerable. They, they were naive. They, they trusted people and all that. He said, take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Humble people have angels that are standing before the throne of God for them. People that are not humble do, do not have that. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. How thank you if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them 
be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if it be so that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. The Lord is always going to take the side of the victim. But if the victim turns into the accuser, you have ceased to become the, the victim. Am I making sense here tonight? Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. I know there's some nervous people in here right now, and I hope you are nervous. Verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault. Go and scream in his face. Confront him in the foyer. Take him behind the building. Bring a pistol. Put it in his face. No, I think that means in the spirit of meekness. I think that means in the spirit of humility. And it sounds something like this. Hey, listen. I need to have a conversation with you. And I'm having a conversation with you as an imperfect human being. And I would like to know if we can have a few minutes just to talk about something. And I will be glad to admit where I'm wrong. Even if I'm wrong over all of it. I'm glad to admit that. I'm very glad to admit it. But I don't want to go another day or another minute having feelings that I don't need to have because my feelings are hurt. That's, that's what a conversation with a brother or sister is supposed to sound like. It's never supposed to sound confrontational. Boy, it's quiet in here right now. Just say amen. Now he said, go tell him it's fault between thee and him alone. Alone. Not with your circle of friends. Not where others can hear it. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Isn't that powerful? Someone that the enemy wanted to become an enemy to you. That relationship has been healed now. And nobody has to worry about choosing sides anymore. We can all love each other, and we can all be friends, and then we can get on each other's nerves and do it again. Because we're going to get on each other's nerves. Don't act like you're not going to get on somebody's nerves. Some of you were already on people's nerves tonight, and you don't even know it. Who said something to me? Nothing. I'm just being funny. Okay. Verse... 17, if, you shall neglect, if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. I'm sorry, verse 16. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two friends. That is in the, or one or two more. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something if just every few weeks... I had to get up here and say, okay, we got a conflict now. 
we've we've got we've got two brothers and two sisters and a brother or a brother and a sister or a husband and wife. They they've tried to talk this out and they wouldn't do it. So they got a couple of witnesses there and they tried to help the person. They wouldn't do it. So now I'm gonna deal with it. So brother so and so and sister so and so stand up and you other two people stand up and we're gonna handle this conflict right now. That's what the Bible said to do. These are these are red letter words. Some of you get really nervous right now. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus Christ said this is how you handle stuff in the body. Because it's hard for your flesh to be humble all the time. And it's hard for your flesh to take, take the low road or the high road, however you want to look at it. The one that maybe didn't bear most of the burden, but they took responsibility to heal the offense. The initial question was how, who, is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is breaking it down. He's talking about little children. He's talking about sheep. He's talking about handling church business and people among brother, uh, issues among brothers and sisters. He's going to all of this to answer the initial question, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, we're going to go a little further, but, but if you hadn't got the picture here, The person that is greatest in the kingdom of heaven, number one, refuses to get offended about anything. The person that is greatest in the kingdom of heaven always wants to mend fences. They don't want to hold grudges. And can I say right now, if you got a problem with backsliders that have gone out of this church and are trying to get back, maybe you're the one that needs the altar. There's only so many truth preaching churches in this church, uh, in this city that they can go to. Is that right? Now, verse 17, verse 18. Verily I say unto you, watch this. This is this verse of scripture that we quote all the time. It's right here in the context of all of this. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is in the context of dealing with offenses. If you bind them them up because of their offense, you're binding them in heaven. But if you loose them in spite of their offense, heaven will loose them. Because the fact of the matter is, there was an offense committed, and it more than likely has not been repented of. And even if they repented to God, they didn't repent to you, so they are bound up by their offense. If you want to be greatest in the kingdom of God, you're going to have to be the most mature saint of God in the building, and you're going to have to loose people of their offenses. Because all of us are human beings. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. All of us are human beings. He said, why are you talking to us about this? Because there are some things in the spirits of people in this place that have been there for a very long time. And just so I can take the pressure off of the handful of people that think I'm talking directly to them, and I am talking directly to them. But I'm going to take the pressure off of them. Because some of you were abused as children. And you have not released that offense. 
There's people in this place that were raped. You have not released that offense. There's people in here that were hurt 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 6 months ago, 20 years ago. There's people in this place right now that have offense in their marriage. And their marriage has deteriorated to the point where they can't even hardly stand to be around each other. And carrying that is locking this church up. It is, it is allowing a spirit of the enemy to try to creep into this church. How, how dare, how dare a spirit come up out of the floor of this building and challenge this pulpit? There should be no way that a devil could get within the parking lot range of this building. The unity of the spirit and the bond of peace is what keeps the spirits of hell out. If we can't get that out, Jezebel's going to come in. And some of you have been battling Jezebel this week and don't even know what it is. You've, you've got that feeling of impending doom over you all week and you don't even know why. You've got that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach and don't even know why. You're suffering the feeling of despair and hopelessness and you don't even know why. It's not because of what is going on in the natural except for some people it is because they can't forgive offenses and they can't let go of things that have hurt them. You were a victim, but don't turn your victimhood into the accuser. If you want to be greatest in the kingdom of God, you're going to have to get through some things, and you're going to have to get over some things, and you're going to have to let go of some things. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord? Again, I say unto you that if two of you, if two of you, Shall agree on earth. The Lord said it's so difficult for people to agree. If Listen, I, if I can just get two of you. If just two of you can agree on any one thing. On earth. He said as, as touching anything that, it, that you shall ask. It shall be done for them of my father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. Verse 21, still in the same topic. Now here's where the rubber meets the road. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Now let, let's, let's be honest for a minute. How, how many have had people sin against you before in your life? Just raise your hand. How many of you have people, the rest of you are not being honest. How many of you have had people offend you before? Just be, let's just be honest. It's not a trap. It hurts. It's miserable. And what happens is that hurt and that pain and that unforgiveness is a doorway to the enemy. The door, he's going to creep on in there He's going to keep you awake at night. He's going to give you dreams about it. He's going to do everything he can to validate your feelings and to make you feel worse about it. He said, how many times are we supposed to forgive a brother? I mean, how long? What he's, what he's really asking is, how long before I don't have to talk to them anymore? 
before I get to cut them off. I mean, come on, Jesus. You got the same person offending you over and over and over. After a while, you can't trust them. I get that. I get that. It's, it's not real smart to keep going back to the same person that keeps, you know, uh, stabbing you or stabbing you in the back. But he said, how, how many times? I mean, seven times? That sounds pretty good. Seven's God's perfect number. He said, no, seven times 70. I say unto thee until seven times, not until seven times, but until seven, seventy times seven, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. Listen, when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Now one translation said $100,000. This man, listen carefully, this man owed his Lord $100,000. And it was a debt that he could not pay. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold. His Lord was going to sell him into slavery and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down. Everybody say humility. Everybody say repentance. He fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will, I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. In other words, the Lord was so moved by his broken heart, his broken spirit, his repentant repentance and his worship that he didn't just say I'm not going to just have he didn't just say I'm going to have patience with you he said I'm going to wipe the dead out the servant didn't even ask the Lord to wipe his dead out but because of the way he responded to what was happening the Lord decided to wipe his dead out how many of you are thankful that the Lord wiped all of your dead out come on can you praise him right now how many of you remember being under a debt you couldn't pay? And the Lord said, I'm not going to just be merciful. I'm going to erase the debt by taking your place. Yeah. Verse 27. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, loosed him, forgave him a debt, his debt. But the same servant went out. Now, the servant, the first servant owed his Lord. Now, now somebody, another servant owes this man. So this is brother to brother here. He said the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and that same translation said ten dollars. The servant owed the Lord a hundred thousand dollars, and now he's got a fellow servant that owes him ten dollars. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Come here. Are you tough? Are you squeamish? You're not, you're not squeamish? Okay, I'll be gentle with you, okay? But he wasn't gentle. But he took him by the... Can you imagine? Here's the man that's been forgiven a $100,000 debt that he, even, he didn't even ask to be forgiven. And this same one found a fellow servant and took him by the throat 
you're going to pay me my $10. I heard what you said about me. You better take that back. Really? Well, who'd you hear it from? Did you hear it from the person? Or did somebody tell you about it? Because the truth loses, or, or a lie loses credibility over time and as it goes from one person to the other. He took him by the throat. Sister Stephanie, I'm sorry. What did you say? All right. She said you deserved it. Oh, it's his birthday. Okay. I thought we had some offense going here. Is this your birthday? Happy birthday. <laughs> Praise God. We have somebody else in the building that it's their birthday, and they hate birthdays is what I understand. So I wouldn't want to embarrass Brother Kai Jacobs <laughs> by wishing him a happy birthday. <laughs> he said, yeah, he hates, he hates birthdays. He owed him $10, took him by the throat and said, pay me that 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 thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet. This guy fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he paid the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant even as I had pity on thee. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that debt was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. The Lord will do the same thing to us. Now, we're, we're human beings. We know that. We know that people from time to time, well, that's weird. I clicked on it and didn't go there. We know that from time to time, people are going to rub us the wrong way. They're going to offend us. They're going to hurt our feelings. But some of you were offended by brothers and sisters, and some of you were offended by mothers and fathers, and some of you were offended by family members, and some of you were offended by the guy down the street that took advantage of you or were, were part of a date night or were part of a drug scene and you were hurt and you carry these hurts into every relationship with you ha- that you have and develop and it causes you to not trust people, to be skeptical of people, to be just waiting on when they're going to hurt you and when they're going to offend you and when they're going to do something that's going to embarrass you and humiliate you and betray your trust. Does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? The question was, 
Who's greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who's greatest? And the, the answer, 30-something verses later in chapter 18, is the person that can fix offenses and the person that cannot be offended, the person that cannot get their feelings hurt. You said that's not possible. It is possible, but it's only through Christ. And you're going to have to learn that people are people. And when we want to point the finger and we want to accuse and we want to fuss and grapple and fight and hold grudges and whatever, we have to remember that we had a debt that we could not pay. And when we went to our Lord and we worshiped him, he said, I'm giving you more than patience. I'm giving you a zero balance. We cannot then turn around and hold somebody accountable for a mistake that they made 10 minutes ago or 10 years ago or five decades ago. We cannot hold that because it's, we're the ones that are losing by that. Now, if you watch Tuesday night in Dayton, the scriptures that the Lord gave me for that service was in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verses 10 and 11. To whom you forgive anything, Paul said, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. I'll explain that in a minute. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Verse 10 in the Living Bible said, When you forgive anyone, I do too. And whatever I have forgiven to the extent that it affects me too has been by Christ's authority and for your good. A further reason for forgiveness is to keep from being outsmarted by Satan, for we know what he is trying to do. And what he is trying to do is divide the body of Christ. Can we go back to the, the ugly pandemic for a minute? And can we talk about mask, anti-mask? And can we talk about vaccine, anti-vaccine? And can we talk about shutdowns and anti-shutdowns? And can we talk about how the body of Christ went for the throat of each other on Facebook and began to devour one another about what was going on in their churches and people across the country that have nothing Nothing to do with this church or what is going on with this church. Sending me messages and telling me I'm a fool for, for trying to keep our church open and all that kind of stuff. That spirit, we are not ignorant of his devices. And we have come too far. We've been through too much to realize that we have been, our debt has been canceled by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so ought we to forgive one another. The, the, the devil is trying to divide the body of Christ. My Lord. So here, here's, here's what the Lord wants to do tonight. There, there is a, there, there's a revival that's trying to break out here. About four months ago, it was like somebody flipped a switch in this church. It was like, used to, men of God would get up here and preach 10 minutes in the pew would be trying to take the service from the pulpit, and that's not a bad thing. I'm talking about it would be like just throwing gasoline on a spark. And then from one week to the next, it's like somebody flipped a switch, and everybody was bored with the teaching, and everybody was bored with the word, and everybody was tired, everybody was exhausted, everybody was fatigued. That's been going on for four months. 
We get a little break, and it just gets pushed back down, and then we get a little break, and we have a bunch of people get the Holy Ghost, and Landon Gore steps in this pool sun, uh, pulpit Sunday night, and, and here comes this thing and this service and pushing and trying to bind up the pulpit. Amen. So we're going to close the door on all that tonight. I got, I got a phone call from Brother David Myers in Florida. I don't know what we're going to do about this right now, but, I, but I'm going to tell you we're going to do something. If we don't do this, we're going to do something. But I got a call from him, and they are, they are forming this team. They're forming this alliance of, of ministers that, that is going to be reaching for young adults and hyphen and millennials and Generation Z and, and resurrecting the conversation of soul winning and evangelism. And street ministry and, and praying people through the Holy Ghost. That's a novel idea, isn't it? And he said, we had a date cancel in Portland. And everybody on our team is, is telling me, I, I've got to call you and talk to you about Louisville. The problem is it's only 60 days away. But they're doing these outdoor crusades and things like that. And so he told me about it for about 45 minutes. And I said, what you're describing to me is a modernized version of Soul Winners Boot Camp. And I'm so thankful for what y'all are doing. I don't know that we can put it off, pull it off in 60 days or not. But I can tell you this church has got to get back to the business of soul winning. And we've got to get back to teaching Bible studies and evangelism and all of that. Because we're looking at the same people every week. And there's no freshness of people praying through in our altars. We get them one or two at a time. But we should be having them 15, 20, and 30 at a time. Because when you're having babies born into the church, you don't have time to fuss with one another. Now, the Lord tonight, on a Thursday night, on a Thursday night, the Lord wants to heal some people's emotions and spirits in here, in this place tonight. Now, I taught on forgiveness, and you know what? The results tonight will be the results tonight. I'm not comparing them to nothing, but the Lord gave me those two verses of Scripture in Dayton Tuesday night, and I taught on forgiveness and talked on forgiveness. And I said, if you are battling unforgiveness, it may take a little courage for you to come up here and say, I need to be healed. I need to be delivered. I need to be set free. I've got things bottled up in my spirit and buried in my spirit. And the reason things are going bad for me now is because there were some things that went wrong then. And I've held on to these things. It may have been 20 years ago. It may have been two years ago. And I said, but if that's you and you're battling unforgiveness and you want the Lord to help you tonight and heal you, I want you to come up here and stand. I thought we might have had about 15 or 20 that came up there to stand. But I'll be if it wasn't half the church. Because human beings are suffering from our grudges and our unforgiveness and, and in some cases bitterness that has become toxic that is affecting all of our relationships. Would you close your eyes right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want you to close your eyes. I don't want you to pray right now. I'm praying for this church, dear Lord God. We're closing the doorway to this thing. God, on every campus, we have seen the enemy come in and try to devour the saints of God, and it starts with something so stupid and minuscule an argument between church people on Facebook or behind the scenes somewhere or people that heard that somebody said something about them and they don't take the time to follow it through and they don't follow the biblical example of, of trying to 
mend the fences and fix the offenses. And Lord, people that have been hurt in the body of Christ and hurting people hurt people. And so, Lord God, this is not, this is not a negative lesson tonight. This is not a rebuke in here tonight. This is an appeal with mercy to people, God, that need to allow you to flush some things out of our spirit here tonight. I'm praying, Lord, from the youngest young person in here to the oldest adult, it doesn't matter how deeply we've buried it so we don't have to think about it anymore. Still, there's a, there's a twinge. There's something in the emotions that we feel in certain scenarios and situations. We have trouble looking people in the eye. We can't get around them. We can't talk about them. Their name comes up. We have negative feelings, God. That's not the will of God. Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? That's the people that know how to deal with offenses and know how to build bridges and know how to bind up wounds. And I know, God, there's some nervous people in this place tonight because they're having to deal with old feelings. They're having to deal with with old hurts and old pains. Somebody inflicted pain and abused them many years ago, God, and they have struggled with it ever since. About the time they think they're over it, it comes rushing back in their spirit, and I pray for healing in this place tonight. And I prayed, Lord God, that you would give us the courage to stand in this altar in just a few moments and admit to ourselves and to you God, I've got a debt I can't pay. Or I'm a victim, Lord God, but I'm willing to forgive. I'm going to let it go. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that you'd help us. Let the angels of God be with us. Let the flow of the Holy Spirit begin to minister to the people of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to lift your hands for just a moment. We're going to open these altars for, in just a minute. I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to pray this prayer. God, these lifted hands signify my surrenderance. I surrender to you. I surrender to your will. I surrender, Lord God, everything in my, my mind, my will, and my emotions. God, I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my spirit. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that you'd help me, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would minister in this sanctuary tonight. Help us, Lord, to realize we're all in this together, God. We totally surrender to you. We're not trying to be better than anybody else, God. We're human beings that need the grace and the mercy of God. I pray that you minister to every person here tonight. I pray that you give us strength and courage and help us, Lord, to stand in faith. Would you stand to your feet? Now, I'm asking you, if you have something that you need the Lord to flush out of your spirit. And I know this is hard to say, but if you're struggling with unforgiveness of any kind, any kind, I want you to come and stand. The preachers are going to come. We're going to pray. Don't wait to see who else comes. You be brave. You come. You don't have to carry this another minute. You don't have to carry this another minute. 
And I'm asking, I'm asking the church to come and stand behind these. They're not flawed. They've been hurt. They're not backsliders. They've been hurt. They're human beings. I want you to close your eyes. And I want us to begin to pray. And I want you to pray out of your spirit. You're going to have to call the name of somebody. And you're going to have to forgive them. I hear people weeping already. And I want, I want you to let the Lord take it. I want, you to, I want you to tell the Lord, God, I'm giving it to you right now. Come on, lift your voice. I want you to tell the Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm turning it over to you, Jesus. Come on, lift your voice. Don't be timid. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. I want you to let it go. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm releasing our ushers and anybody that wants to come. Come on, this, if this applies to you, feel free to come. Or I'd like for you to come and stand behind these. In the name of Jesus, oh God, I pray as we give these things to you, we give you all of our hurt, we give you all of our pain. We give you the betrayal. We give you the offense. In Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, that's it. Come on, lift your voice. In the next few minutes of time, that's it. In the next few minutes of time, healing is going to come to this place. God is going to bring unity to this church. He's going to bring unity to your spirit. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. You don't have to play tough. Jesus, in your name, oh God, I release it. I forgive. I forgive. Call their name. Tell the Lord, I forgive them. In Jesus' name, come on, greater faith. Lift your voice. Don't be afraid of who's around you. Lord God, I give it to you, Jesus. I give it to you, Jesus. Oh God, I go, I glorify you. I'm asking you, Lord, to sweep from one side to the other. Ministers, I want you to lay hands on these across the front. I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray deliverance. I want you to pray that every chain would be broken in their mind. Let every chain be broken in their spirit. In Jesus' name, Father. That's it. Come on. 